Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, everybody. Hey, Justin. I'm excited. It's been a long road. It has been a long road getting from the last episode to here, um, but our time is finally here. (laughs) Wow, it's been so long that um, I got the lyrics wrong, I think. But no, we're back. Hey, how's it been? Uh, Pretty good. Uh, there's some big Trek news, uh, in between. Yeah. Our, and during guess, our little hiatus. I guess we've got our, our, our winter's, uh, what was it like a mid-season break? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we should just kind of get right into that. It's probably old news for those listening, but they haven't heard us discuss it yet. Yeah, there's a new Star Trek show on the horizon. What? Yeah. I think we were actually talking about this, like, I don't know, many, many episodes of Trek Trek ago uh, that we, we were hoping there'd be a new series, but it looks like it's finally happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, well, we really don't know anything about it. It's, yeah. We just know it's happening, and it's on CBS's uh, <coughs> streaming service. Yeah, so it's it's uh, untitled, um, undetailed. It it is. Um, I was just uh, watching some little speculative things t- uh, before we recorded this episode. It's it's due in uh, 2017, and like you said, it's going to be on CBS All Access, which is yet another streaming service. Yes, yet another streaming service. <laughs> um, but I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was talk that the first episode would actually be aired on CBS and then it would like kind of switch as a, like to entice people to, I had, I had not CBS heard that, all access, but that would make some sort of sense. Yeah. Maybe that was, uh, it was some speculation or maybe it's, it's accurate. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if, uh, would you subscribe to uh... said service for a Star Trek series once a week? Yes. Yeah, yes, I probably I would. would too. I probably would too. So it's um Alex Kurtzman. Yes. Uh one of the people involved. He's a JJ Abrams affiliate, basically. Uh yeah, Kurtzman and Orsi usually work together. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh it's just one of them this time. But they work uh he he worked and they worked on um the new tracks um on the two thousand nine track and into darkness. And the Transformers movies. Yeah, yeah. Alex Kurtzman, he's he's been working on something I've been watching on TV. Limitless. That, yeah, he's a produ- He's like the executive producer of that show, I think. Yeah, and it's a and really I, fun show. Limitless. Yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, it's not Star Trek related at all, but um, it's a it's a quality program. Well, uh, I mean, the, the problem is the thing is like Kurtzman and Orsi are known for kind of producing not great stuff mm. uh, mainly the transformers movies mm-hmm. but you know the star trek movies were fun i yeah. mean the first one was really good mm-hmm. second one was uh has a bit of a, a swerve in it there with a certain character uh, <laughs> yeah I, totally did not see that coming no not at all um uh, I guess the other bit of info we know about the new Trek series is that uh, it will introduce new characters, which, uh, yeah, no duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess a lot of the, you know, the speculation out there has been that given Kurtzman's involvement and given kind of the, the focus on the 
the kind of alter universe, the the new movie universe that this series would be somehow connected and potentially, you know, set in that universe. Um, well, see, here's the thing I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, our good friend Cody Martin brought up it should be the Captain Worf show, uh, which I said, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> Captain Worf show? Yeah, because you know how uh, Michael Doran has been talking about uh-huh. the Captain Worf show forever. Right. But anyway, uh, my thinking was, okay, next year, uh-huh. 2016, 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Okay. New movie's coming out called Star Trek Beyond. I'm thinking they're going to recombine the timelines in this movie. Oh, really? And I'm thinking that we're going to see uh, Kirk, maybe Picard. It's going to be like a big celebration of Star Trek. Oh, so you're saying that your your theory is that with Star Trek Beyond, it may actually have William Shatner yeah. in it. And um, and then the new show will be in this recombined timeline. OK. Yeah, I mean, it definitely if they could get if they could get like the the surviving, I guess, sounds kind of dark. But if they could get the um, if they could get Sulu, Uhura, uh, Kirk. You know, check off the the original series folks and the next gen folks somehow involved. That would be pretty awesome. It'd be kind of like a uh, um, a big crazy crossover. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, better than generations. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, maybe maybe uh, Enterprise will go out into into you know uncharted space and encounter some place where. Uh, It'll be like that Futurama episode. <laughs> there's the planet where there's the super fan that's like the glowing cloud that's been collecting all the car- or all the cast members. <laughs> or maybe not. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just figured since it's an anniversary year, mm-hmm. it'd be no. kind of a disservice not to reference the original material. Yeah, so I think that's a pretty good prediction. I could definitely see that happening. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know about Captain Worf though. I don't think I. Can. Yeah, I, I don't think that's ever gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to see Worf come back in some way, uh, but I don't know about Captain Worf. Captain, uh, we you know we could have um, Captain LaForge. LaForge, or and he's all about reading books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. We'll call his ship the Rainbow. <laughs> uh, or, you know, we could have, you know, Captain Tuvok or... No, I guess not. Captain but Neelix. Captain Neelix. It has to happen. Uh, but it's it's happening, which which is exciting. Yeah, new Star Trek shows. New yeah. Star Trek. So, so I guess eventually once we've... You know, done Trek Trek through all of the previous Star Treks. <laughs> you'll one day, it's like Trek Trek episode 3200. Uh, you'll be, I guess, I think my math's off, but um, you'll be listening to us talking about uh, whatever this new Star Trek show is. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm wondering, uh, you know, there have been these ideas thrown around in the past that you know, of a Star Trek, uh, Starfleet Academy show and, and the like, but 
I think this will this will be a little more traditional with yeah. Starship and yeah. people getting around. Uh, because you figure this is in all likelihood the last Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. So you need some sort of Star Trek, and why not continue it with the show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably why the timing is what it is, you know? Like, well, we'll see. But we've got we've got Trek right now. <laughs> we've got Trek of the past. We've got past Trek we need to be talking about here. Yeah. So, we're finally back. We're here to talk about Star Trek Enterprise. We're t- here to talk about Season 3 of Star Trek Enterprise in particular. Yeah, I mean, I think this is perfect time for us to come back from our mid-season break. It's it's a new season of Enterprise. Well, new to Trek Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a new season from a show that aired in 2003. Yeah, I like uh, it. Time yeah. travel. We're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 3, Episode 1, The Zindi. Ooh. Original air date, September 10th, 2003. All right, let's get into it. Uh, the episode opens in a room in which a handful of aliens are gathered around a table. Uh, they're talking about a possible coincidence and how someone's planet being, uh, and how someone's planet is 50 light years away. Uh, it turns out that the planet they're talking about is Earth. The aliens argue about whether or not humans know that these aliens launched the probe that attacked Earth. And that means that these aliens are the Zindi. Uh, all the aliens know for sure is that there's a human ship in their space. In the expanse. Exactly. And, and these, I, I must point out that these are all different, seemingly different species of aliens. Mm-hmm. But they're all evidently the Zindi. They're all so. the Zindi. So that's going to be interesting, I think. Uh, that's the opening credits. And the opening song has gotten a little snazzier. Yeah, so so how exactly it's it's like punched up a bit. Yeah. So they they kept the song. <laughs> they just enhanced it. Uh debatable whether it's an enhancement. Well, in their minds. <laughs> uh, I, I was making air quotes the listeners can't see. Oh, okay. Uh on the Enterprise, Archer enters a new room that has a bat computer and several other workstations in it. <laughs> It's the ship's bat cave. It pretty much is. Uh-huh. Uh, Paul, who has a new haircut and a new outfit, and Reed are already there. Um, they're meeting uh, someone at a mining facility in three hours because they're still looking for the Zindi. Um, Reed reveals that the room used to be a storage bay but got retrofitted into a command center. Mm. And Archer is upset that they've been in the Expanse for six weeks, but have found nothing. Yeah, so I guess those were the par- parts that was part of the retrofitting that was going on at Space Dock mm-hmm. uh, when they went back to Earth. Um, real quick, you, you mentioned uh, to Paul's hair hair in this, and now I have done no research into this, but my feeling is that this is probably her real hair, and that it was a wig before. Yeah, it was definitely a wig before. I think this might be her real do. Well, there you go. So I'll have to uh, look on the internet after uh, <laughs> time, we're done recording. Time to this. do some investigating. Yeah, we're not we're not in this podcast fancy podcast that looks stuff up as we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> we're way too into the conversation. All right. So, anyway, sorry. Back to uh, back to the recap. In the mess hall, Hoshi sits with some soldiers, uh, one of whom is Daniel Day Kim. 
they're from the Military Assault Command. Uh, elsewhere, Trip tells Archer about some problem they're having with the gravity in a cargo bay. Uh, they watch as the gravity shifts to the other side of the room, uh, pulling all the cargo containers. Uh, as established last season, the Expanse does some weird stuff to ships. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy place. Uh, T'Pol enters sick bay, and Phlox shows her the skin cells from the Zindi corpse they found from the crash probe. Uh, the skin looks like scales. Hmm. Uh, Phlox tells T'Pol about Trip not being able to sleep after losing his sister. Uh, Phlox has given him sedatives, but he wants T'Pol to use a Vulcan neuropressure on him. Uh, she is reluctant to help, and apparently Trip is reluctant to have the treatment. But, you know, Phlox knows best. Mm-hmm. That, that's his new show? Maybe that will be the new uh, Trek series, Phlox knows best. <laughs> it's like Dr. Phil, but Dr. Phlox. I would rather listen to Dr. Phlox. Yeah. Uh, later, Enterprise approaches a planet, and a shuttle pod goes down to the surface. Archer and Reed enter the mining facility and meet with the foreman of the facility, who is willing to exchange a Zindi uh, prisoner uh, for half a liter of liquefied platinum. He gives Archer the Zindi's finger as proof that he has the prisoner. In a dream, Trip is on Earth, calling out to his sister, Elizabeth, uh, who is sitting by a swimming pool. Trip keeps yelling at her to get out of there, but she can't hear him, and she gets vaporized by the probe, uh, by the probe's beam, which wakes Trip up. Uh, this is very much like Sarah Connor imagining Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Sick Bay, Flock says that the finger is and is not Zindi. The okay. sample Archer gave him and the sample from the crash probe are genetically close, but not exactly the same. The Zindi from the probe is reptilian, but the finger did not come from a reptilian species. Hmm. So, hearkening back to the uh, bit before the opening credits, potentially. The audience knows that the Zindi are made up of several species. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you know, the them being... Used to different aliens, they're not used to that sort of thing. Yeah, it's, I gotta say, it's pretty nice to know more than the crew of the Enterprise. Uh, Trip enters as Archer's leaving. Uh, Trip asks Flux for a stronger sedative. Uh, at the mine, Archer exchanges the liquefied platinum for a one on one with the Zindi at the mine. The Zindi is willing to provide information on uh, how to find the rest of the Zindi if Archer helps him escape. From what we learn is a Trillium D mine. Uh, Trillium D is insulation for starships. Uh, Trip goes aggro on the Zindi. Uh, T'Pol calls Archer and tells him that three warships are approaching in two hours. As Trip and Archer are trying to leave, they discover that they're locked in. Uh, the Zindi tells them that they fell into the foreman's trap. Archer tries calling Enterprise, but there's no response. The Zindi says he can get Archer and Reed to their shuttle pod if he gets a ride off the planet. On Enterprise, the mine foreman calls and tells the bridge crew that Archer and Trip are going to be slightly delayed and makes some excuse about deionizing the landing platforms. T'Pol charges Reed to formulate a plan for rescuing Archer and Trip, and she wants Reed to get help from Major Hayes. In the mine, the Zindi is leading Archer and Trip through the sewer system. Uh... 
Tabal enters the armory wherein Reed and Hayes are discussing their plan. They're arguing over whose team should go down to the mine. Uh, Reed decides to command the mission, but will bring Hayes and six of Hayes' men with him. Uh, it really chaps Reed's hide that Hayes thinks his men are more capable of pulling off the rescue than Reed's men. Mm. So hints of a potential strife. Yeah, the there's there's definitely some friction there. Mm. In the mine, the foreman learns that Archer, Reed, and the Zindi have disappeared. He finds their biosigns in duct 13 and orders the plasma flow be redirected to that duct. Meanwhile, in the duct, the Zindi explains to Archer that there are five distinct species of Zindi. Suddenly, they hear the plasma coming. Archer and Trip decide to go down to the last access port they passed. They just make it before the plasma burns them up, uh, but they're greeted by the foreman's men, all of whom are pointing weapons at Archer, Trip, and the Zindi. Uh, the three are taken to the foreman. He orders that they be taken to the surface and executed. As they're taken away, Hayes' soldiers rappel down and start shooting the uh, foreman's men. There's a big firefight. Uh, the Enterprise team wins and escapes from the mine. The Zindi begs Archer to take him with them, and he promises to give Archer the coordinates to the Zindi homeworld. As they're waiting for Mayweather to arrive with the shuttle pod, the Zindi gets shot by a sniper. Uh, the, sh- the shuttle pods leave the planet service, and once aboard, Enterprise warps away. Uh, Captain Starlog, the three alien warships followed Enterprise for an hour, but couldn't keep up. Uh, Archer is sitting in his ready room when Phlox enters and tells him that he couldn't save the Zindi. Before he died, he did reveal the coordinates to the Zindi homeworld. Later, a casually dressed Trip enters sickbay and gets a hypospray of a sedative. Phlox then asks Trip to deliver some bioscans to T'Pol's quarters. After Trip leaves, Phlox calls to Paul to tell her that Trip is on his way, uh, and that Trip was given a placebo instead of a sedative. Uh, Trip enters to Paul's quarters. She reveals that she has been having trouble sleeping as well. She wants Trip to help stimulate the nodes on her back to help her sleep. <laughs> she takes off her shirt for this and lets out a sigh of relief when he's done. Uh, okay. She tells him that she has to return the favor and asks him to disrobe. He refuses, but T'Pol gets him mad enough to prove that he's willing to compromise, and he tries Vulcan neuropressure. Uh, later, Enterprise has reached the coordinates they were given. There are no planets in the area. Just then, Mayweather detects a large debris field. Uh, the field is nearly 80 million kilometers long, and it was a populated planet 120 years ago. Archer orders them to go deeper into the expanse towards the distortion fields. In the council room from the beginning of the episode, the Zindi decide to remain hidden until their weapon is ready. The insect member of the council is growing impatient, however, and the episode ends. Yeah. So, I mean, I I thought that this was a perfectly fine episode. Um, My concern, though, is that We've had a lot of episodes, and then the thing that really sticks out to me, I guess, in looking back at this, is that we've had, um, like I said, a lot of episodes of Enterprise so far, it seems, where um, they get trapped in some kind of prison. Yeah. <laughs> or or it's specifically, um, they've actually, uh, Archer got sentenced to a kind of a prison mine planet before, um, and it just, they seem to keep going back to this a lot. And I don't know if 
Um, I mean, I'm I'm not worried, I guess, that we're going to see this a lot, but I just made note of the fact that it seemed very familiar um, that they've kind of, there, there's, there seemed to, again, there seemed to be a lot of episodes that have them trapped and needing rescue. Right. Um, and that, that even, um, carries over to the episode, uh, where they end up on board the prison transport. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so there's a lot of, of Archer needing to be rescued, basically. Yeah. He always steps into some doo-doo and has to get bailed out. Yeah. I'm not really sure also how, or if this episode really moved things forward at all, especially because... You know, it seems a little weird that with his, you know, dying breath, this Zendi um, reveals these coordinates and then they get to them and there's a, uh, you know, the remnants of a planet. I'm not really sure. I mean, maybe you can, like, enlighten me a bit. I'm not really sure what the plan was there Uh, or what it implies. Maybe he was taking Archer literally and said, this was our homeworld. Oh. 120 years ago. It was, yeah, and now it's been destroyed. Well, the whole idea for why they're going after the the Zendi, or the rather the the whole idea of why the Zendi um, uh, have sent that probe and are built to Earth and 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 wreaked havoc, and then uh, the reason they're building this, I guess, Death Star. Basically, <laughs> we haven't seen it yet, but if it's a big version of what we saw uh, at the end of last season, it will be the Death Star. Um, is that they found out that humans will destroy their planet in like 400 years. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe they've already had one planet destroyed. They're like, We're not going to let it happen again. Or maybe that's like the uh, Alderaan mm. where it was they tested. It. Uh, it was a testing ground for their star destroyer or death star. I mean, <laughs> okay. I promise folks we won't get too much uh, star Wars in your star Trek. <laughs> so what did, uh, what did you think? Um, I did like uh, the overall change in the show. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I guess I didn't really talk about that. Uh, the focus has changed a bit, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit, not so much in this episode, but definitely in the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, in this episode, it, like you said, is very familiar, but also had some changes, uh, not just appearances, but in terms of tone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then involving the military brings in a almost, uh, we compare it a lot, but almost Battlestar feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think we're going to see more of that. I mean, we definitely do in the next episode. Um, oh, when they had the, when they, kind of repelled in to the to to save archer um there was a firefight mm-hmm. uh that was pretty intense yeah and it was it was some some quite some action for star trek um but yeah i mean the 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 tone has definitely changed yeah and this is our first look at the zindi which is cool mm-hmm. yeah yeah that very kind of you know mixture of of alien species at the beginning and it seems like it's going to be some interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would say I, I think that um, the uh, the episode uh, the the finale rather of season two was stronger. Oh yeah, um, but it did really set the tone, and this picked up the torch and and carried it. It was it was not as strong as that one, but um, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, let's take a little break. And Sounds good. when we come back, we're going to talk about Anomaly. UPN Wednesday. Enterprise captures an alien intruder who may hold the secret to Earth's destruction. Tell me what you know. And how they get it will take your breath away. The airlock's decompressing, sir. He'll die. Not another 20 seconds he won't. Star Trek Enterprise. And we're back. Uh, let's talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 3, Episode 2, Anomaly. Uh, original air date, September 17th, 2003. Uh, take it away, Randy. All right. So in this episode, we start out in uh, Archer's ready room. Uh, Porthos is there hanging out with the captain. Um, when all of a sudden, uh, Porthos seems agitated and starts barking. Um, Archer asks uh, Porthos what's going on. Uh, and just then, uh, some stuff in his ready room starts getting... Uh, basically shaken off the walls and off a shelf. Uh, Archer, uh, is not sure what's going on. Uh, they but... need to get Sam and Dean Winchester on the case. Yeah, there's some spooky doings about. Uh, we switch over to engineering, uh, where, um, Trip is with his, uh, engineering crew. They're also wondering what's going on. Uh, we cut to, uh, sick bay. Uh, Flox's animals are going nuts. Fox is looking around. What's going on? Uh, finally, uh, in the mess hall, um, everyone hears a sound, uh, and suddenly all of the dining trays and their utensils and everything, uh, are thrown into the air and they stick to the ceiling, uh, and everyone gets showered with food. Uh, so basically it's like a food fight, only no one's having fun <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, then we get this, uh, cool shot of, uh, a corridor on the ship. Uh, there's sort of a distortion, uh, moving throughout the ship and it's, uh, sending people flying as it hits them kind of comically. Um, we go back to Archer's ready room, um, and this kind of, um, distortion effect that's been moving through the hallways uh hits a cup uh that archer has uh and it sends it up into the air and the liquid inside is kind of in slow-mo uh like zero gravity um at this point um uh, archer gets a call from uh to paul to come to the bridge uh there's obviously something up uh he is on the bridge uh and to paul uh, informs him that these sorts of things are happening all over the ship. Uh, we also learn that there is a problem with the warp field, uh, and we see engineering where there are sparks coming from uh, the warp reactor. Uh, Trip actually has to shut down the reactor as a result of this, uh, and the ship loses power as we get the opening credits. Uh, back from the opening credits, uh, they've gotten power back online, uh, on the bridge. Um, Trip asks Archer, uh, for some extra time to figure out, uh, what's happened. Uh, at this point, Mayweather, uh, detects a ship nearby, uh, but its transceiver is offline. Uh, Archer tells Mayweather to set a course to rendezvous with it. 
they are finally arrive uh, at the ship, um, and T'Pol can't find any life signs on board. There's also no gravity. Um, Archer uh, decides to take a team on board in their EVA suits. Uh, the team will consist of the uh, military officers uh, that we met in the previous episode. Um, we find out that the military uh, personnel have only trained in simulations of weightlessness. Uh, they actually haven't been on board a ship without gravity before. Um, and he tells them to bring their weapons, but set them to stun. Uh, the shuttle pod leaves Enterprise and docks with the other ship. Uh, inside, they find that uh, yes, the gravity is actually off, and there's all sorts of stuff uh, floating around. Um, and they can tell that there's been uh, weapons discharge inside. Uh, one of the uh, military officers uh, opens a door and discovers a corpse floating in front of him, which is always something great to have happen. Uh they make their way to the bridge, uh, where they find more, uh, bodies of presumably the crew of this ship. Uh, they head back to Enterprise. Um, we find out, um, from Archer's conversation with the Paul that there were 17 bodies found on the alien ship. Uh, although most of them died, uh, when the ship's life support, uh, gave out. Uh, but there are signs that some of the aliens were killed uh, by uh, particle weapons. Um, at this point, uh, Archer gives Mayweather the order to continue on their previous course. Uh, T'Pol thinks that they should stay and try to make more repairs uh, to the Enterprise and the ship. Uh, Archer tells her that the aliens, uh, as far as I can tell, had been dead for two days, uh, so he's concerned that if they stay there and make repairs, uh, they may become targets as well. Uh, down in engineering, uh, Trip is making every attempt to restart the warp reactor, but he's having no luck. It seems that something in the expanse, uh, some of these effects and anomalies that we've seen so far, is as expected altering the laws of physics to the point where the Cochrane equation... Uh, isn't constant, uh, so they aren't able to generate a stable warp field. Uh, Archer heads back up after telling uh, Trip to get the weapons online to his ready room. Uh, he finds his cup still hanging in midair, so I guess he didn't like, clean that up after it happened. No, he, he figured, you know, it, it would it's still be cool. there. It kind of adds some some nice ambiance. Uh, yeah, it's a nice uh, art piece. I guess it would be kind of cool. You might not want to mess with it. Maybe he thought his hand would get pulled off or something. Yeah, uh, but actually, uh, he eventually <laughs> grabs it and slams it down because he's angry Archer now. And he just wants to get back to hunting the Zindi. So we uh, come back, and there is an alien vessel approaching Enterprise, which has resumed its course to uh, find the dreaded Zendi. Um, Enterprise uh, charges weapons and orders that uh, the ship's shields, or rather the hull plating, uh, be charged. Uh, but it 
turns out that it's still not working. Um, he tries hailing the alien ship, but there is no response. Uh, just then, uh, aliens beam on board uh, the Enterprise. Uh, they start attacking the crew members of the Enterprise. Uh, and there uh, is a shootout in the armory uh, between uh, Arthur and his team and a few of the aliens. One of the uh, the aliens that's beamed on board uh, tries to download something from the ship's computer, um, but he's interrupted uh, when Trip, who had hidden uh, on top of the warp reactor, takes out uh, uh, like a wrench and attacks them, uh, knocking them out. Uh, and then Trip uh, was able to get the uh, warp reactor activated, uh, and it. Like it was earlier, it's shooting out uh, electricity and sparks, and that traps some of the aliens that beamed on board uh, into a corner. Uh, the aliens with nowhere to go uh, end up beaming out of engineering, but they've left one of their kind behind. Uh, Archer shows up uh, and the cargo bay and finds that these aliens have made off with all of their stuff. Uh, the alien ship at this point uh, bugs out as Archer is left uh, with an empty cargo bay. Uh, we come back and Flocks in sick bay is treating those who were injured. Um, there are uh, a lot of injuries, uh, uh, blaster burns, and, and such. And there's uh, one fatality. Right. So this is the. Um, uh, crewman Fuller, uh, who is, I think, the actually the first fatality on the Enterprise. Yeah, they don't really have deaths in this show. Mm-mm. Uh, so this is a big deal. This is a, another part of the shift in the show. Yeah, and, and that was something that really struck me when, when we got to this point, was that, you know, they'd really stayed away from any deaths up until this point. Two seasons of exploring the unknown and no one died mm-hmm. until now. So I think like you said, they're really trying to drive home the seriousness of what's going on. Uh, you can um, kind of tell this was written in a post nine 11 world. Yeah. How, how so would you say it's just like well, pessimistic the, the, or the Zindi attack mm. and now it's the retaliation hunting down. Oh responsible. yeah. I guess I didn't really put that together, but that's an excellent point. Hmm. Um, so, uh, once, once Archer is, is kind of encountered and dealt with the fact that they've had their first crew fatality, um, he heads over to another bed nearby, uh, where they've got the injured alien, um, and he's under sedation, but he is alive. Uh, he orders, uh, the alien, uh, be taken to the brig, uh, and tells Phlox that he can treat him there. Um, Fox tells Archer that he recognizes this species of alien, actually. Uh, they're the Osarians, um, and that they are a species that does not originate in the Expanse. Uh, at this point, uh, Trip arrives and tells Archer um, that the situation isn't good with uh, what was taken uh, from the cargo hold. Uh, he tells him that all of their antimatter storage pods have been taken. 
And uh, if they aren't retrieved uh, within a month, uh, the Enterprise will basically not be able to get anywhere. Yeah, I, I don't want to bring up Battlestar again, but I'm going to because uh, this really reminded me of Battlestar in that the Enterprise is cut off from Federation space and they're losing very precious supplies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have to kind of, you know, uh, conserve what they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's very, very similar. Um, but at, at this point, Battlestar hadn't aired yet, right? Right. But it's interesting that there's some similarities. I mean, there, there's the original Battlestar. <laughs> no, I... Yeah, I mean, it's it's the easiest comparison for me, because when I think of uh, serious sci-fi, serious mm-hmm. modern sci-fi, it, you know, BSG is one of the first I think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but it's interesting. I mean, we've been saying that we kind of wanted a little more of a modern, serious sci-fi take on Star Trek. And, you know, if they keep introducing elements like this, that could happen. Yeah, I mean, you've got Enterprise on its own and you've got well like a crewman just died so Mm -hmm. there's some serious stakes so yeah so definitely more serious Mm -hmm. uh the next scene uh to paul is meeting with archer um they're talking about the osarians um she tells him that the vulcan high command uh had contact with the osarians but it was very limited uh Apparently, they are a merchant race, uh, and pirating is kind of not their their thing. Um, Archer wants to continue looking for the ship that just stole all their goods, um, but T'Pol tells him that she's concerned the Osarians will be um, more than a match for them with the state the Enterprise is currently in. Uh, so... After this, uh, Archer heads to the brig uh, to confront the Osarian prisoner, uh, who we learn is named Orgoth. Uh, he tells the Osarian um, that they are going to pursue his ship uh, and get their supplies back. And at that point, um, Og- o- Orgoth, I'm sorry, uh, will be free to go. Um, Orgoth doesn't think that Archer will torture him, and he knows that the Enterprise has not been in the Expanse for long. Uh, we've probably been wondering why, uh, Orgoth looks so kind of, uh, well, I guess messed up is, is one way to put it. Uh, he's got kind of a, a twisted appearance, uh, and we learn that this is due to the uh, subspace anomalies that they've already encountered uh, in the Expanse. It basically can uh, twist uh, living matter uh, to the point where um, you end up with kind of horrible deformities. Yeah, the Enterprise uh, crew got off easy with their food fights. and Yeah, uh, we learned it could have been much, much worse. Uh, we find out that when uh, these particular Osarians... Uh, enter the expanse. Uh, they were merchant ships, uh, but then they encountered the anomalies that the Enterprise encountered uh, and attempted to leave the expanse and weren't able to get past the clouds that surround the expanse uh, that the Enterprise passed through uh, at the end of last season. So that's a little 
alarming. Um, the idea that the Enterprise has gone into this area of space and might not be able to escape. I mean, that's kind of what I took from it. So hopefully by the time they're ready to leave the Expanse, they'll have figured this out. And we find out that one of the Osarian ships was destroyed in the process. Um, and now basically um, they are trapped in this part of the expanse and in order to survive they basically have to pick off any ships that enter there and take all of their goods uh in order to get food and supplies so they're pirates yeah they're pirates and they're basically doing what they can to get by um you know take it for what it is um at this point um to paul uh, informs Archer that the ship they encountered earlier um, apparently was looking for the Osarians as well after they got ripped off, uh, but their life support uh, ended up running out before um, they could find them. Uh, we find out that the hull plating is back online uh, and that the phase cannons will be back online within an hour. Um, so Archer heads to the armory to help read with, uh, the torpedoes. Uh, we come back, uh, we're in the mess hall. Uh, Trip is there. Uh, he's, um, trying to figure out, uh, what's going on with the warp reactor. Uh, Reed shows up, uh, and the two of them, uh, talk about crewman Fuller, uh, who is the, the, the first crew member to be killed. Um, he actually worked on the torpedo systems and knew a lot about them. Uh, Trip mentions to Reed that he doubts Fuller will be the last casualty on this mission. All right, so they pick up the trail of the Osarian ship, um, and Archer figures they must be close by, given this. Um, and as they follow the trail, uh, the Enterprise starts shaking. Uh, it turns out that they are passing through a cloaking barrier, which apparently makes your ship shake. Uh, it seemed like really bad turbulence. Uh, they get through the cloaking barrier, and they encounter a gigantic um, sphere, basically. We were talking about, uh, in the last episode, a Death Star. Well, this is kind of a giant Death Star. Uh, it's 19 kilometers in diameter, um, and Archer orders uh, the Enterprise in closer. Uh, they try to scan the inside of the sphere, but they can't pick up anything. Uh, so they move the Enterprise in closer. Uh, at this point, T'Pol notices a portal on the surface, but it's too small for the Enterprise to fly into. Um, so at this point, Archer, Reed, Mayweather, and the military personnel uh, get into a shuttle pod and fly to the sphere. Uh, they enter the sphere after um, shooting the locking mechanism. Um, inside, uh, they discover that there is some unknown technology with enough power for, as they say, a dozen cities. Um, They're flying through the superstructure of the sphere when they notice a sort of a kind of little mini uh facility inside uh, where they detect a breathable atmosphere as they set a course for it. Uh, They enter this uh, facility and lo and behold, they discover 
uh, most of the supplies that were taken from Enterprise. So they're back in business. Uh, uh, they find a cargo manifest, uh, presumably of everything that was taken, but discover that it's in the alien's language. Uh, so Archer uh, sends the file to Hoshi uh, for translation. So Hoshi, Hoshi finally has something to do. Yeah, in this episode. finally. <laughs> uh, the, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, they uh, some some time has passed, and the uh, equipment that was taken is being returned to Enterprise. Um, uh, Trip heads to sick bay. He has an injured wrist. Um, and at, once he's there, he and Phlox, uh, discuss the, um, the Vulcan massage that, uh, we saw at the end of the last episode. The neuropressure. Uh, f- neuropressure. Vulcan neuropressure. Uh, we find out that, uh, Trip is only, um, that one time, uh, done that, even though it's supposedly good for him. Um, Phlox tells, uh, Trip that he knows that it's, kind of an intimate uh, procedure, uh, as we saw. Um, and Trip tells him that he wants to go back to basically taking painkillers, uh, or not painkillers, uh, taking um, uh, sedatives. Fox um, tells him that there's actually another alternative. Uh, he can take uh, mud leeches, which are a favorite um, suggested treatment of Dr. Fox. And uh, he says he'd rather uh, spend an hour with T'Pol than have mud leeches put on him. Uh, we find out that the team that went to the Sphere has found about 80% of the Enterprise's antimatter, um, which was the big concern that they wouldn't be able to proceed without it. Um, Archer thinks that the rest, the remaining 20%, uh, was taken by the Osarians to power their ship probably a pretty good assumption. Uh, we find out that warp drive will be back in about half an hour. Um, and Archer wants, uh, trips team to pick up the pace so they can pursue the Osarians. Uh, we find out from T'Pol that the sphere is, as she says, nearly a thousand years old. Um, so it's probably not, uh, created by or for the Osarians. Um, we find out that it, it is powered by giant fusion reactors. Uh, three of seven are still operational. Um, she thinks that the gravimetric energy uh, produced by the sphere might have something to do with the spatial anom- anomalies uh, that the Enterprise and the other ships have encountered. Uh, at this point, uh, Hoshi calls uh, to Paul and Archer to the Situation Room. Uh, where she has gone through the um, manifest of stolen cargo and discovered that the Osarians at one point had stolen some supplies from a Zendi ship that they attacked. So this could end up uh, being a, uh, a good trail for the Enterprise after all. Uh, in the brig, Archer confronts Ogarth, Oga, Orga. Sorry, it's so hard to say. Hodor. Uh, Hodor. So Archer confronts Hodor, also known as Orgoth. Uh, Orgoth says he knows nothing about a Zindi ship. But after some pressuring from Archer, 
he gives it up, uh, saying that the there was a Zindi vessel. It was a small ship. Uh, they resisted uh, being boarded, and the ship ended up being destroyed by the Asarians. Uh, Archer gets really intense at this point. Um, he holds a, a phase pistol to Orgoth's neck and takes him to the airlock. Um, and this kind of freaks out the crew members that they pass by in the corridor. Um, is very, uh, but I guess at this point they should be used to the intense uh, Archer action. Uh, he pushes Orgoth into the airlock, uh, but Orgoth is not saying anything more. Uh, he thinks Archer is too civilized to actually follow through on his threats. Uh, Archer uh, is not giving up. He starts decompressing the airlock um, and tells Orgoth that if he does not talk, he has less than 40 seconds to live. Uh, Malcolm shows up. Uh, Archer tells him he has everything under control. Uh, the alien, Orgoth, uh, at this point realizes Archer isn't bluffing uh, and agrees to give up the information. Uh, they open the airlock, Orgoth leaves and is panting heavily, and they take Orgoth back to the bridge. To the brig. The brig. <laughs> Not the bridge! He's going to make him the new captain. <laughs> He's the captain now. Yeah, it, it went really well for Orgoth. Um, you know, at the end of the day, he got a new ship. It was nice and shiny. Uh, it was yeah. interesting to see that Reed, who's usually the tough guy, was the good mm -hmm. cop in that situation. Yeah, it was interesting to see, um, you know, Reed kind of be like, whoa, Archer, I'm the, I'm usually the guy that, that uh, does this kind of extreme stuff. But no, Archer's not taking it. He's gonna he's gonna get the Zindi. It doesn't matter what he well he did say he doesn't it doesn't matter you know basically they're willing to do anything. He that became Jack Bauer for a little bit. Mm hmm. Um. So next scene we have a briefing or Archer's telling uh, the senior staff uh, what uh, Orgoth uh, divulged to him. Uh, it turns out that the Osarians didn't just take uh, the fuel and supplies of a Zindi vessel, but they also uh, downloaded its computer database, uh, and Archer really wants that. Uh, it turns out, though, that in order to get the computer database from the Osarian ship, they can apparently get it wirelessly, um, but they have to be within a kilometer of the ship in order to download the files. Um, so I guess they, they're going to hack into the Ozarian ship wirelessly. Um, uh, Mayweather informs Archer that the Ozarian ship is probably too far away, um, but Archer's confident they'll, they'll return and says that that is when they will attack. Uh, Mayweather... Um, detects a ship uh, coming through the cloaking field surrounding the sphere, and it is, in fact, the Osarians. Uh, Enterprise moves into position and uh, fires on the Osarian ship. Uh, they launch some torpedoes, uh, disabling it. Archer contacts the Osarians and tells them to stand down. Uh, the Osarians aren't going to give up so easily, and they return fire against Enterprise. 
enter- the Enterprise follows uh, the Osarian ship back through the cloaking barrier uh, while Hoshi is trying to connect to their computer remotely. Uh, Mayweather is having trouble keeping up with them as they open fire, uh, but Hoshi has successfully accessed the Zindi database and starts downloading it. She does stuff. Yeah, she's she's a hacker now. Um, the Enterprise is kind of coming apart. Uh, the the impulse engines and some of the hole plating start, or the impulse engine. Uh, fails and some of the whole plating starts uh, coming off. <laughs> uh, Archer um, tells Mayweather to take them out of the cloaking barrier and to head back to the giant sphere. Um, they don't believe uh, that the Osarians will return at this point, and it turns out that they were only able to download about a third of the Zindi database. Um, Archer orders uh, Malcolm to fire at the airlock on the sphere, uh, hoping to lure uh, the Osarians back with the thought that their base of operations might get destroyed. Uh, This actually is successful. Um, The Osarians uh, fly back out of the cloaking field uh, and make a run at the Enterprise, uh, firing uh, their uh, phase arrays. Um. Hoshi, with, when they get in range, uh, Hoshi is able to get about 90% of the Zindi database, uh, but the Enterprise is not doing well. Um, Archer uh, orders Malcolm to target the Osarian ship's engines, and they score a direct hit, disabling them. Um, the next scene, we have uh, Archer releasing Orga uh, to his people and the Enterprise leaving. Uh, and then he heads down to the Batcave and starts studying the Zindi database. And the episode ends. Yeah, it's interesting to see uh, Archer be merciful at the end. Uh, he mm-hmm. had already kind of crossed the line by torturing Orgoth, but he's still Archer in the end. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? Uh, this was an uh, interesting episode. I keep saying interesting. This was a, I, I like this episode. Um, mm-hmm. it's really showed the tonal shift in the show. Um, it's a much darker episode than previous, Very, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, enterprise episodes. Um, yeah, it's Archer is a complex character. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that's more interesting than him just being like this exuberant, super optimistic guy. Right. Who's, who or I mean, it's we'll we'll have to see if it stays consistent though, because we've seen I- indications or we've seen examples uh, in season two where um, he's just totally out of character. <laughs> so right. hopefully they've addressed that for this. I don't know if a season of Archer just being like hell bent on revenge is going to be super interesting, but we'll see. I mean, we're two episodes in. They're really they're clearly going really heavy with this new tone for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, maybe I don't think they can go an entire season with the tone this heavy. I think there'll need to be some, yeah, there's, there's gonna, there's gotta be some lighter episodes coming down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, when they're starting off a new season, especially a season like this, they have to establish, Hey, things are not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. 
uh, even though last episode was a very familiar formula, mm. uh, you know, this one really establishes the new tone. Well, I think that this one, I mean, the, I mean, the, obviously the, the, the huge thing that happened was the crew member died. Yes. And I mean, they don't spend a lot of time on it. I mean, they do reminisce about him, but I mean, they don't sp- spend a lot of screen time on it. But anyone who's watched like we have the first two seasons realized that that's probably the the biggest indication of the change of tone of the show is is a character actually dying mm-hmm. because i mean and i think i i wondering if back in the day if we were watching this if that would have been even a bigger deal um you know if you had watched you know at that point it was two seasons over the normal run of a show which was you know only one episode a week i mean and we're watching two a week now but yeah, um, I, don't I wonder know. if it would have been more impactful it's, that a character died. Yeah, it's well, it's not a main character though. I guess it's not a main character, but it is someone that we had seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I don't know. Enterprise is a weird show because they spent so long, or the first two seasons anyway, establishing oh this is just fun times, mm-hmm. and nobody gets hurt really. But then mm-hmm. in the original Trek, like, red shirts got killed all the time. Yeah, that's true. They were losing crew members all the time. And, and I wonder if, I mean, I wonder if we looked into it, if this would be, you know, a, a Star Trek show where, you know, maybe there were more deaths early on in other Star Trek shows than there had been on this. And they thought, oh, yeah, maybe we need to have some consequences or some some danger on the show. Yeah. Uh, it was, I don't know, this show started out as a little too much like, hey, space is fun. Mm-hmm. And I, we're going to go out there and do great things and show the aliens that humans are great. And now it's like revenge. Yeah, now it's, it's a more complex show. Um, what do you think of Archer being the torturer instead of, I don't know, Reed? I think it's it's out of character for everything that's been established so far. Yeah. So I'm not really sure how I feel. I'm I feel that I feel it's a little weird, and I think that it probably. I mean, I guess they're trying to establish, you know, make Archer a little more like people take Archer a little more seriously. Yeah, give Archer an edge. uh, But I think that. But I think it's a little bit too far of a swing, and that maybe having having had um, Reed in that position might have been better, or even one of the soldiers. Oh, the military, yeah. Even a, one of the, the the soldiers probably, and that would have shown like, oh, the soldiers—they're willing to go really far, you know. Yeah, and then um, it's like there could have been some like, whoa, Archer could have been kind of like oh like wow this is maybe this is too far right you know we we want to we want to get revenge for what happened but not not at the expense of acting like this or you know yeah not at the expense of uh not being like the starfleet ideal you know Mm -hmm. um but they redeemed him kind of by not destroying the osarians Mm -hmm. but i don't know Mm -hmm. Um, Trillium D came up again in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we... It's what was shielding the ships from the anomalies, right? Yep. Uh, so it was nice to see a little payoff there. 
because mm-hmm. there's the Trollium D mine, and we learned it was ship insulation, and we're like, whatever. But now it's like, oh, that's really important. If I'm a captain out there in the expanse, I'm gonna get my ship Trillium Deed. Exactly. Uh, yeah. We finally got to see the brig on the Enterprise. I'm just mm-hmm. looking at random notes I took. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, obviously there's a bigger budget, so they have other sets they can use. Uh-huh. Uh, the brig had been mentioned before, but it had never been shown. Yeah. So it was fitting with this new tone to see, you know, the oh, brig. Right. And the command and the bat cave. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm definitely looking forward after these two episodes to see where the season goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to some, some episodes where there's some discovery, you know, they're finding weird new things. Um, and in a lot of ways, this feels like a different show, but then mm-hmm. on the other hand, you have this weird, uh, sexualization of T'Pol. Oh, yeah. And, I that it is so reminiscent of like especially the pilot where mm-hmm. it's just okay we get it yep we get it this is this is the two thousands now or you know whatever yeah um yeah I, I don't know like Enterprise is it's still a weird show mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not ah, it's not quite yeah. found its niche yet yeah well I I think we're heading there I hope so. Yeah, uh, I've enjoyed these uh, first two episodes of season three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's fitting with the modern sci-fi sensibilities. Yep, definitely. Uh, next time we're going to talk about extinction in Regine. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, I think so. R a j i i n. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you then. All right, bye. Touch the sky. And they're not gonna hold me down no more. No, they're not gonna change my mind. Cause I've got faith of the heart. Gold of my heart will take me. I've got faith to believe. I can do anything. I've got on Star Trek Enterprise. An alien race being hunted to extinction. They all had to be destroyed. But they were once human, and their ship was called... Enterprise. Star Trek Enterprise.